over there and shake his small hunger neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at entertaining as uh, well this is oh oh my oh no oh no that was out of nowhere uh, 639-4900 is the Baker team hotline text line at 744-2990 Rick at New River Radio you can send me a message on messenger alright so uh, Rodney says I, I hear you talk about Bigfoot a lot the actual Bigfoot he goes, I'm a big Bigfoot guy, too. What got you started? I'll tell you what, Rodney. I, I like to tell this story because I was growing up. My dad was always an outdoorsman. We had a big farm over in Eggleston. You know, everybody knows where that is out there in Parisburg. Um, and we were always in the woods. We were always doing stuff. Anyway, we was always fascinated with, uh, you know, animals out in the woods and things like that. And my dad, you know, we would watch these shows and um, – the legend of the whole thing, I think, is more intriguing than anything else. I mean, for instance, I feel like there was something out there. If there's not now, regardless of what you think of it, all right, Rodney? And you're like me. You're probably, like, really hoping that it's real, right? 
But I know that I've always been fascinated with it. It's that whole thing about, you know, the boogeyman. It's all that, right? We, we all get scared. And I remember there was a book called The Bigfoot Case Book. And it was one of the first books I remember reading from cover to cover on any subject, much less that. And I remember going through it and had great pictures. And then he took me to the theater to see. And I don't know if people are going to know this or not. Probably not. It was a, it was a movie, a docu-movie, uh, if you will. Not really a documentary, but, you know, it had Peter Graves. You remember Peter Graves, the great actor? He was great in Airplane. I mean, he's the pilot up there with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Joey, do you like movies about gladiators? He's that, <laughs> he's that guy. And anyway, he's the narrator, and they were going through and they were reenacting some scenes, talking about Bigfoot, and they were showing all, and, and it, was, it scared the living daylights out of me. I remember watching that, and I was, I was hooked. And I was hooked. And the legend of it and learning about it. And then when I traveled out to New Mexico with Radford basketball. And we were in Albuquerque playing a couple of games at the pit in their tournament. Byron Samuels was our coach. Myself and Jeff Kleppen. And by the way, Klepp, not a believer. And Drew Dickerson, our sports information director at the time. We went on a little wilderness expedition and we had a uh, an American Indian be our tour guide he was great by the way he told us he said don't call me Native American I'm, I'm an American Indian I'm an Indian so I'm just honoring what he told us. and so I asked the question about it and he, he gave this great answer about the the legends and, and the fact that and he made a great point he goes all I know is through the years Generations that were uncovered of carvings and wood carvings, things on the caves, things of that nature. The totem poles, right? Totem poles represented things that you held dear or experienced. And he took us inside and showed us some of these they had uncovered. And there it is, a carving of this creature that looks like, you know, Bigfoot. So at some point, Rodney, I believe that it was definitely part, especially of the early territorial conquests. I don't know whether it's still there now. I know people kind of fake it, and it's a lot of big business. But this thing was called Mysterious Monsters. It had Peter Graves, and it was fascinating. Scary at the time, especially for a young guy. (laughs) He's not even a teenager yet. And he's narrating, and it's great. There you go. Wayne found, of course Wayne found it. It's about an hour and a half. Go through that and watch that, Wayne. Tell me that wouldn't be scary. Some of the scenes that they depicted. And it's investigating because it was a huge craze at the time. Huge craze at the time. And I have been since, man. And then, you know, here on the show, we've had uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, who is probably at the forefront. He's an actually a well-respected scientist, and he, you know, has pursued the evidence on this thing via footprints and hair samples and things. And and after talking with him, you get even more invested in it. So, yeah, I would like to think – I don't go around every day thinking, oh, yeah, but, but I, I, I love the legend of it. I think at some point it was definitely here. We had a uh, 
Gigantopithecus at one time, right? Which is a scientific, they found the skulls. The thing that's always in, intrigued me most about the whole Bigfoot thing. You know, science is supposed to be this open-minded, and this is what Jeff Meldrum talked about. This open-minded, communal, almost a tribe-like setting. Yeah, Wayne, you, you got to spend your first hour and a half watching Mysterious Monsters. Absolutely you do. Just the fact that Peter Graves is doing it, I mean, come on. And I'm going to tell you, Wayne, now you have to go back a few years. Now you're going to know that it's a dude in a suit. But there's two scenes in there when they have these campers and they're out in the woods and they wake up and Bigfoot's standing right over top of them. And then one where the dude's sitting on his living room couch and then a big arm comes through the window and then he opens the front door and it's standing there. You you understand what I'm talking about, Wayne? (laughs) It's going to scare you. So, so anyway, Rodney, yes, I, I, I love the legend of it. I love to learn about it. I like to read stories. I watch all these videos. Mark writes, do you think that the Patterson film is real? I love the fact this is now segued into a Bigfoot show. I do think the Patterson film is real. Yes, I don't think. There's a guy called, by the way, Thinker Thunker. T-H-I-N-K-E-R. He's on YouTube. I suggest you look him up. T-H-U-N-K-E-R. And he does some interesting dives, and he's created this model of the human gait, the length of the arms, the torso, and the legs, and how if you're going to fake this thing, you're going to have to have knowledge of this stuff and how Patty lines up with other primates and how her anatomy is not of a human anatomy anyway so check it out there are hoaxes many of them 90 i guess 98 percent of them are probably hoaxes people are trying to do it you know we had the one where was that silverton colorado is that right remember the one recently they got a lot of national play where Folks were driving through the desert train, and then there was one sitting there, and it was, find out later, it was a dude promoting the train. He just puts on the costume, and he sits out. He'll move from time to time to get people to talk about it. At least they admitted it. Because remember, his costume matched the shrubbery and the vegetation there. When I first saw it, I'm like, ooh, I was intrigued. Then you're like, yeah. But I suggest you uh, take the time, if you're bored at work, go to YouTube, type in Thinker Thunker, all one word. That dude's pretty good. That dude's pretty, pretty good, the way he breaks it all down. And he talks about all the fakes. Not everything is a Bigfoot, right? Not everything is real. He, he, analyzes, he shows you why stuff is fake, and he, he talks about the whole thing. Yes, Patty is the Bigfoot in the film. They named her Patty because it was Roger Patterson who filmed it back in 1967, and she is a female because of the, uh, let's just say it the way it is, because she has breasts. So her name is Patty. The famous footage that I'm sure that 99% of you have seen, it doesn't last very long. There was this guy named Bob Hieronymus who tried to claim later he was the guy in the suit, but Thinker Thunker breaks all that down too. Whether it's there today or not, I don't know. 
I can't tell you that it is. I'd like to think that it is. I still love the legend of it. And who knows, man? This world, this universe is full of crazy things that we're not, we don't know everything. There's just been animal species discovered, what, since the 50s? Is it the taper? Tapir or something like that? I mean, animals that have been discovered that nobody had ever registered. And you just, you know, we think we're the smartest thing ever, and, you know, and we're not. We don't know everything. We'd like to think we do. But the thing is, I don't understand why science is so against it. They immediately try to shoot it down. That's what um, Dr. Meldrum always talks about. This last year alone, there was a new, oh, good, thank God, a new tarantula was found. You know how I'm about spiders. An electric blue tarantula. Two different types of squids, a new frog, several new chameleon species were just discovered. Right? So, I mean, there's always new animals out there. It may not have been the taper. I don't know what they are, but there's like gorillas or something that's been, you know, things that have been discovered. You just never know. I'm just saying the possibility of it existing, yes, I think it's there. Do I sit around and expect to see one whenever I'm in the woods? No. (laughs) No, I really don't. I really don't. But who knows? We need a BDST Bigfoot hunt. Yeah, we kind of do, don't we? We could get like a dozen people out there, do the show while we're out there. I'd be down for that. Maybe we get Dr. Meldrum to join us. He could lead the expedition. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. I'd be down for that. I bet we could get people to sign up for that. Head out to the state of Washington, Oregon, where the uh, majority of the sightings are here in this country. Absolutely. Spend a week out there. Be in that in a heartbeat. Maybe I can ask Selma to go with me. I love this one because it's so funny. But at the same time, it's very touching and it's very moving. Absolutely. So, (laughs) we could do that. We could do that. All right. Any event. That was fun to talk about. Thank you. Thank you very much. But that's my, that's my story. My dad got me started in it. And uh, it's just been there ever since. And, and it's fascinating to me. But I'm never going to think that as a human species, we know everything. Because it's pretty clear on a daily basis when you watch the idiocy in politics and how people think that their side's the only side and what the media has done to brainwash these people and how easy it was during COVID and what's going on with the college football playoff. Don't try to tell me we're the in-for-all with common sense and knowledge. We'll be back. When the moon hangs high on the breast of the lake, in the bite of the wind, it's like a slap in the face. A legend of horror lurks in the haze. It's Bigfoot. A giant of a creature, all covered with hair, as tall as a timber and strong as a bear. 
windows all you want, but according to the Mysterious Monsters movie with Peter Graves, he'll just stick his fist right through the window. So, won't do you a lot of good. Dwight Vick joins us in about uh, 10 minutes. Uh, we'll give away uh, more of the uh, monster truck tickets tomorrow, by the way. Those became a very hot commodity. Congratulations to our winners so far. We'll have more tomorrow. Will Stewart, Jen, and Mike Ashley in studio. That's tomorrow. So. We'll talk to Mike about Bigfoot. (laughs) Um, I'll be heading on the road here just a little bit. Radford plays Gardner-Webb. Neil Leahy will be my travel companion. We'll be on the call tonight, 6.30, pregame, 7 o'clock. It's also on the dreaded ESPNU. At least they didn't move the time. At least they didn't move the time. That's, you know, that's, that's the only endorsement you can give. Hey, well, at least they didn't move the time. <laughs> Wayne asks things that scare you. With spiders, I don't know if it's a scared thing. It's just I just can't stand them. Just can't stand them. Spiders is about it. Like, that's the one thing out in the wilderness that I just, ugh. And I have the background story that, you know, I guess it is. You're probably right. You're probably exactly right. Probably is a fear. Because it happened in college. I never liked them. They were always kind of, like, weird looking, but... In college, I was uh, in my, it was my junior or senior year, and I'm studying, and I'm taking a nap. And in between exams, it was exam week, and something kind of jostled me from my sleep, and I felt something on my face, and I look up and see, like, these legs crawling over my cheek, and I see the beady little eyes. It was on my face. It was one of those brown recluse spiders. And, man, I freaked out, you know? I freaked out. And I, I think I killed it a 100 times once I knocked it in the floor, but it was one of those huge, big brown recluse things, man. Who knows how many times that happens and we don't wake up. Oof. So that started it. So I guess you're probably right, Wayne. It probably is a fear at this point. Mark says, love the Bigfoot show. Don't forget the legend of Boggy Creek. Absolutely. That's one of the classic ones too, isn't it? The Boggy Creek. Uh, what kind of voice after seeing the spider? I just remember yelling, like, no, that's not, no, ah, no, where are you? I remember just freaking out. I do remember that. And then I saw it. It was 
on its back or I knocked it off and I just went and I think I stepped on it 50 times. I think after I was done, there was nothing there. Just a little grease spot. But that's the background, man. That that did it for me. I already didn't like them. And when I saw that on my face, oh my Lord, I can't even describe to the terror appropriately. The White Vic final segment on a Thursday. We come back. Up. Jody South, the program. He's the authority on tech football. Dwight Vick joins us. Good morning, Dwight. How are you? <laughs> Good morning, man. I've never been so happy to be on your show than now. You saved me from a – ladies and gentlemen that's listening now, Rick just saved me from a work call. And everyone's experienced them when the person you're on the phone with has already answered your question but wants to keep going and going oh, and going. Oh, I can tell. I can tell, man. She, oh, I was she... like <laughs> – Pick up on the social cues. Okay, I'll talk to you yeah. like that. Okay, thank you. Oh, that, that's good. Okay, thank you. Anyway. <laughs> she, yeah. she was never going to let you off the phone. You were never going to get off that call. I could tell which, the way it was going. <laughs> man, man, I was I almost contemplating. I'm not that guy, but I almost contemplated hanging out. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Anyway, man, I'm, I'm on. Oh, we're glad to have you. Glad to have you. Uh, well, listen. Um, I want to follow up on something that uh, Andy talked about, and you know, we're all excited about where Tech's football program is headed. Brent Pry uh, met with some media folks this week, and you know the optimism's there. He talked about everything coming back. And there's two things I wanted to ask you about. Uh, one being um, what he said about Kyron Drones was very interesting. And you've talked about Heck, you were on it before anybody. I mean, you said first game you saw him, look, I think he's going to be the guy. He has to kind of be the guy. And sure enough, everything developed around that. So kudos to you. You recognized that, I think, before maybe even the coaches did. <laughs> But he's saying now that, look, the thing about this is it's all about him. Like this basically, he was saying, our program now is in his hands. And I love the fact that he said Kyron has a great understanding. And you can talk about this because I'm sure it's something Coach Beamer and, and Coach Steinspring and Bud Foster talked about with you guys. But he said the worst result on any play has to be zero, right? In other words, mm. so – and I thought that was very interesting in terms of no negative yardage, no turnovers and things like that. And he said – 
Kyron has such a clear understanding of what that means. What sets apart a quarterback that understands that zero has to be the worst outcome? Well, a, a quarterback that's familiar with himself and as a leader, a player, a passer, or a runner, and the offense, most importantly. Um, you know, the more Drones gets familiar with this offense in the offseason, how dedicated is he? Is he, you know, if there's a downtime at Blacksburg, you know, uh, basketball team's not playing and the fellas aren't hanging, are you really um, willing to go over? You know, you got to do it now. Everything's digital. You can watch it in your room your apartment and watch film. Um, I was telling my son the other day, man, I said, look, man, one thing about your generation, everything's so accessible and you guys have so many highlights with YouTube and, you know, Instagram, you guys don't take full advantage. And I told him about how I used to have to watch VCR tapes and my mom would have to record it or I would record it. And even back then, when I was at Tech, we had to go over to Castle Coliseum. We had to go over to the athletic, you know, facilities and go into our meeting rooms and watch film and you had to all sometimes be let in they weren't always open um and it was more harder complicated but everything now is digital you can watch it you know from your own place on your laptop so he you know i don't know how many people listening right now remember but you know years ago tom brady had the facebook documentary and it showed him like on vacation while you know just calling um, the offensive coordinator, making suggestions, looking at personnel groupings and looking at film, preparing for opponents. That's the kind of player drones, I think, knowing his father being a coach and knowing what kind of kid he is, I think if he can really immerse himself in that mindset, you won't have those zero or negative plays. Um, You have an arsenal of weapons coming back next year. I mean, excuse me, this year. Um, you have an arsenal of weapons from Ali Jennings to all the other receivers and running backs, um, the old line. Like it is, it is there for the taking. But you know, so many times in sports, um, you know, people say, "Oh, they got these guys coming back, everyone's back," and sometimes they don't meet those expectations or they underachieve, and sometimes against inferior opponents. So, in order for us to take that next step as a team. Drone has to take that next step as a quarterback. And it sounds like, I mean, it really, really sounds like that this is one of those deals that uh, he's convinced the coaching staff of just that, right? I mean, and that's a great thing for Tech fan. It really is. Well, yeah, I mean, Tech fans should be excited anyway, man, because, I mean, you know, um, we have a really, really good leader in Brent Pry. I mean, we just do. And I knew this, and I, I am going to every chance I get to come on your show, say I told you so, win or lose. Because, um, again, I just want to emphasize, <laughs> he took over a sinking ship. It wasn't it wasn't hanging on the Raptor, you know, with Leonardo DiCaprio. It wasn't that bad where we were in the water freezing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we were headed for the iceberg. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Um, <laughs> we, we, were, we were near that iceberg. And luckily, we... We got that big ship turned around. Um, there's still a, a lot of work to do, though. I mean, um, seven wins is great. Bowl, bowl win against a solid opponent. Um, but next year, you might sneak into those rankings. Who knows? I don't really care about preseason rankings. But you win early on, you'll be ranked. Um, and it's so funny because longtime Tech fans know that 
rankings and being ranked most of the season was the norm. I mean, there were weeks and in going into the following season where we were ranked when we started season ranked, finished the season ranked. But um, I'm not surprised Jones is confident in convincing their coaches because if you watch them play, I remember the Pittsburgh game, primetime game on ACC Network, and he had that touchdown pass, and he runs into the end zone. He's talking to Pittsburgh defenders. Um, yeah. The Wake Forest game, when he shoved the defensive lineman that was talking trash to him, not shoved him like it, like threw him down. Sure. Um, he is, he's got the moxie. And um, a lot of guys, you know, can lift and, and, and get their PRs and bench and talk well in front of a camera, but very few guys show up when the lights are on the brightest. I mean, even at Florida State game, where we got demolished by that running game, our linebackers and our defensive line didn't really get it done that day. Uh, we still had a chance to make that game interesting in the second half because drones is that dynamic. Um, and historically, I said this in 2013 when I did the spring game broadcast as a um, – commentator um, on ESPN3, I said, you know, historically, Virginia Tech has always done well with mobile quarterbacks. Um, we know how Jim Drunken Miller was legendary. He was iconic. You know, lifting with us, the linemen, you know, the, the push, the push circle, pull whatever record in the weight room that they showed those years. First round into the 49ers. Grant Noll was a good quarterback. Um, you know, Michael Brewer went in Ohio State, so he will always be solidified as a, a tough hard-nosed, good winner. He was, you know, we won the bowl game with him, with J.C. Coleman having the record for the game against um, Cincinnati. But Drones is, is of that mold, and I know he's not Michael Vick or Tyrod, yet when he runs and makes plays and, you know, takes off and gets you that first down and more, it is reminiscent of those same guys like Brian Randall, Marcus Vick, Tyrod Taylor, and even Marcus Shazo. Um and I've always felt the college game, more so than the NFL game, even though NFL game with Mahomes is the same way. But I always felt the college game, when you had a mobile quarterback, when you have very good defensive coordinators, but every college doesn't have a Bud Foster, it just makes it very hard. Hell, Bud Foster would tell you some of his biggest nightmares was trying to scheme against a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you look at what drones brings to the table, man. Um, I mean, we should, fans should be excited. There should be expectations. I always feel like expectations are the benefit of the success you had. And you shouldn't be a prisoner of those uh, those successes or expectations, but the expectations are warranted when you had a good run or you have a great team or you want to be great. I think when you have teams where – the expectation is, you know, mediocrity or hopefully we can or if this goes right, you're already headed for an average to less than average season. I think if you have expectation, like right now, for example, in August when you and I are talking about our show and I come on for my, my segment and we, pre- we preview the season, we're going to talk about tech and other teams. We're going to talk about the NFL like we always do. And the Chiefs are the favorite again, especially if they sign Mike Evans. Right? Yeah. That's a great expectation. Where you look at a team in my back backyard, the commanders, uh, they could be anywhere from a three win team to another underachieving, rebuilding, what are we, who's our quarterback team? I much rather have the pressure of the Chiefs and the Texans and the Ravens where they said we are Super Bowl or bust versus well hopefully we can, you know, be in contention to possibly win the NFC East. 
So I'd rather be where Virginia Tech is headed, where are you going to be able to win the ACC? And that sounds crazy given where we were at three years ago. But it doesn't sound crazy to pride in their staff, and that's all that matters. Dwight Vick joining us on the program. He is the authority on tech football. I think that's a great point. There's nothing wrong with expectations, right? You're right. You earn those, and it's because of the success that you are building on to have that. And when's the last time – this is why I've tried to encourage people, you know, this, when's the last time that as a tech fan or if you're a donor, whatever you are, season ticket holder, when's the last time you felt this good about things? And you go back to maybe after year one of Fuente, maybe, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah, you know, um, and and I told you um, on air and off air, man, I got to the point where, you know, I'm doing my pod with my cousin and I'm doing my pod with Victory Life with Danny Noakes. I jump on your great show every week, but I was not, as an alumni, fan, former player, before Pry got there, and even early on when he first got there, um, and he, especially the last four years of the Fuente area, I had become apathetic because it was like, okay, I'm going to tune in and give you guys four hours out of my Saturday or Thursday night or Saturday afternoon. How will you let me down this day? (laughs) 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 I I mean, I was, it was preparing for um, a disappointment. It was, it was knowing you were going to be And that, no, that sounds crazy. I'm not being cynical. I'm being honest. No, it was, it was, how will you, find a way to give up a lead. NC State up 21-3. How will you find a way to give up a game? Georgia Tech going, driving in for the winning score to keep the game going and, and the running back fumbles. Okay? Um, it, 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 was, it, was, it was just really disappointing, and it got to the point I didn't know what Virginia Tech football was anymore. And I will always point back to that as a reference because um, everyone goes through trials and tribulations when you're rebuilding or building or you lose a legendary coach like Frank Beamer as your head guy. I thought Fuente came in with a bang, but he got away from the blueprint. And he got egocentric. He got stuck on his ways. Um, he ostracized a fan base. He disconnected himself from high school coaches in Virginia. So prize done the opposite. I mean, we're getting visits from five stars. I don't really care about rankings. I'm just saying, you know, fans love that stuff. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, great oh, players, yeah. <laughs> four stars. You're winning your state again. I mean, Ohio State and Clemson, Alabama will always be here. But you're getting guys, you're getting two commitments from Tywood guys on the same day. You're getting guys from Richmond. You're getting guys that are winners, most importantly. And the perception in, in Virginia now is, you know, again, um, Virginia Tech, it's starting to be that school that kids are, you know, wanting to stay home, which, again, just a reminder, a few years ago we were a three-win team. Um, but in that three-win, very similar to the 2-8-1 and one season with Beamer when I was in high school, those eight losses, six of them were by, like, one or two or three points, and they were leads lost in the fourth quarter late in the game. So you kind of saw something with Beamer there. It was just only he saw it in his staff where, you know, we saw it that following year come together and they went 9-3 and three and then it never looked back and they won the Independence Bowl. So um, could that be a repeat? I don't see why not. I think the only difference is, and I've said this, this is not a shot at my era or 
what we built. Sure. But I would I would hope and pray that Pryor and JC and those coaches, when I say repeated, I hope it's even better. Like what we had was great, but I hope if once we start reminding everyone about what we used to be, we exceed those expectations and those standards. Meaning, why not run off several conference championships and earn a couple of playoff bids in a row? Why can't you become that? Just a reminder, and this gets fans happy, and some fans hate the comparison. So I'm gonna say anyway. Clemson, when Dabo got there, well, the standard that he created was not the standard. Clemson had a phrase called Clemsoning that he hated. Well, we had one called the Chokies, and you know, text. How will Tech let you down? I just joked about it, but I was being honest. That was a serious mindset I had, and then all of a sudden. Clemson became the class of college football. They were getting recruits, and they were getting players, and the expectation was ACC, yeah, we're going to win that. How far would we go in the playoffs? And then we're going to win the national championship. And he got the Taj Boys and the Trevor Lawrences and Deshaun Watsons. Well, you know, Drones might be that first recruit on that Mount Rushmore for Fry, which I said, Every college coach has to get a Mount Rushmore guy when he first gets to a program. I said this last year on the podcast and on your show. And I said, who is going to be that guy? It could be drones. Well, right now, I'm looking like Doc from Back to the Future right now. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of on point. I might need to buy a lottery ticket. I'm really on point right now. I've been calling everything. And if he's that guy I thought he was, and I saw him coming against Purdue, and what he became the rest of the season. Now you get an off season with him, man. Listen, I'm really, I'm really waiting for September. And we play ODU on my birthday, by the way. So we have to win that. Gotta game. win that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great stuff, man. I appreciate you as always. Great takes, and I uh, hope your workday doesn't have long phone calls like that the rest of the day either. <laughs> oh man, me too, man. Lord have mercy. I mean, she's a nice lady. But right, goodness. right. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Hey, look, I have a life. Hey, look, Rick, I had a life to live, right? Right, yeah. You got to get to stuff. That's right. That's oh, right. man. But uh, thanks again for the opportunity to share my truth. All right, brother. Can't imagine doing the show without you. I appreciate you every week, man. Yes, sir. Thank right. you. Stay safe. There you go. That's uh, Dwight Vick. Good stuff from him, and it was funny. I got to hear the tail end of that conversation he was sharing with you as well. And he's right. He was right about drones. He was all over it. And boom, here we are. All right, we'll be back to wrap it up after this. back to wrap it up here tonight 6 30 pregame seven o'clock to tip radford gardner web basketball tomorrow will stewart jen mike ashley enjoy the rest of your day we'll see you tomorrow
of us here at News Center 4. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley. (laughs) 